The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last one the same as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I have some good news for you. For all of us, we are the latecomers to the workday. We live in a time of unprecedented favor. We have received a disproportionate share of blessings from God. And if those who lived before knew about it, they would be mighty jealous of us. And I'm not talking here about your sins, though it may be the case that some of you are returning to the church or coming to faith later in life. And that is, I think, after all, the the primary gist of this parable, that there are those who come to faith later in life, but they receive the full blessing from God. But given the unrest that we are seeing, the constant jokes about 2020 being like the worst year of all time or or something, Uh, might I use this parable to offer to you a different perspective? Generally speaking, in the course of history, we are all the overpaid laborers. Let's start with some basics. Uh, Consider something like indoor plumbing. Do you know how many lives have been saved because of the sanitary advantage of indoor plumbing? Not to mention the convenience. Today we only burn candles uh, for mood lighting or for aromatherapy because we can just flip a switch and read at night whenever we want due to the invention of electricity. Have a pesky infection? No no worries. Almost all of them can be cured with a cheap and generic antibiotic at nearly any pharmacy within half a mile from you. 
Not to mention the vaccines that we have for diseases like polio or smallpox and hopefully soon even COVID-19. Need to get to Paris, Texas? No problem. You can get in a fuel-efficient car and drive there on a paved roads, be there in just a few hours. No horses required. Oh, Paris, Tex uh, Paris France, I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood. No problem still. About a half a dozen airline companies will compete for your business to give you the lowest possible price to get you to Paris, France, still in only a few hours. That's a lot better than the two-week voyage it would have been just about a century ago, if you could even afford the luxury of a steamliner getting you across the Atlantic. Do you need to communicate with someone? No problem. Take that computer out of your phone and tap a few buttons. You can talk to anyone all over the world for free. Do you need dental work? One uh, humorist, P.J. Rourke, said, whenever you think about the good old days, think dentistry, right? What about major surgery? Tell me, would you rather have major surgery today or 50 years ago? I mentioned it earlier. Zach Schooneman, who was in the automobile accident this week, he almost certainly would not be alive today, if not for medical advances in just the last few years or decades. So thank God that we live in this time today. When was the last time you got on your knees and thank God for anesthesia? It's because we never had to live without it, of course. Do you have a high school diploma? Lucky. In 1910, only 6% of Americans graduated from high school. Oh, but the world is still mired in crushing poverty. Actually, we've made a tremendous amount of progress in that area as well. It's not something you're going to hear about on the evening news, though, see? Here's just a, a simple quote from the very front page of the World Bank's website. According to the most recent estimates, in 2015, 10% of the world's population lived on about $1.90 a day. 10%. Sounds pretty bad, right? That's hundreds of millions of people. But in 1990, 36% of the world's population lived on that same amount of money. Wow, that's a tremendous amount of progress where fewer people than ever are living in abject poverty across the world. But of course, you never hear about that, do you? I could go on. Far fewer wars or conflicts are fought today than ever before. We have astronauts orbiting the Earth every single day. Probably going to put a man or a woman, maybe both, on Mars here in the next decade. There will never be economic equity, of course, but there is opportunity like never before. Just ask all the people making money on YouTube. The point is that by historical standards, we are the ones who are lucky enough to live at this time of the day, the end of the day, that is later on the timeline, but we're still receiving the full benefit. Now, is that the message that we hear on the news or from the apocalyptic political ads that we're bombarded with every single day this time of year, from the op-ed pages of almost every daily newspaper? from equally apocalyptic pulpits? Now, sure, I'm aware that things are not ideal. I'm not oblivious. They haven't been ideal since Genesis 3. 
And I also believe that if we don't reverse course on a number of affronts, moral, economic, etc., our way of life very well may change for the worse. Uh, you know, I don't just think that things are inevitably going to get better. I also don't think they're inevitably going to get worse. It is possible that we could lose many of the advances that I just listed. And yet, should our minds be filled with the anxieties of pundits and scholars and even pastors who live in the best of times but absolutely refuse to acknowledge it? Should our minds and souls be formed by those who are chronically unhappy, those who believe that the, that the game of life is rigged against them? Should we consider the same emotional burdens as those who assume that they're just the ones waiting in line for what they are owed and they are irate that other people have gotten more? I've already suggested, argued, that we showed up late to the party and have received an outsized benefit, unprecedented blessings, really. So why do we remain so unhappy? I can only surmise that it is because we are out of the habit of giving God praise, and instead, we really just want God to solve all of our problems. I mean, isn't that what he's for, really? to make our lives better? If there's one virtue that Christians and Christianity should be really good at instilling, it is the virtue of gratitude. Christians should recognize their place in the world, who their God is, and to whom they owe thanks. Indeed, thankfulness is a, a very common theme of the Psalter. Of the 150 Psalms, 24 of them are about giving thanks, being thankful. Thanksgiving is not just one day of the year. It's a common pattern in the life of the believer. The commandments against coveting imply gratitude for what you have and a recognition that what God has provided is sufficient for you. Now, don't get me wrong. If I was picked up early in the morning and I went out into the vineyard all day in the scorching heat, I'd be pretty steamed that people who only worked for one hour got the full pay for the day. But you know, the truth is that that's happening right now all around us in the spiritual realm. Right? This parable is about those who come to faith later but receive the full blessing of God. That happens right now all the time, and we need to be okay with that. We're surrounded by those who are right now living loosely while we are seeking to be obedient to follow Christ, right? Only to see them maybe, hopefully, hopefully come to faith later in life and amend their life. Or we see those who are profiting off of immorality. I mean, our hope for those people is that they will come to faith in Christ later in life if that's what it takes, right? That's what we want, actually. I mean, do you see the songs that are at the top of the charts today? They are abjectly wicked. Or we see those who simply have uh, more than they need, but they refuse to give God thanks for it. I hope those people are the ones who show up at 5 o'clock in the vineyard and get the full pay. We actually are cheering for them, right, to, for that to take place. 
And yet we are to be grateful for what we do have, not envious for that which we lack, because we understand that gratitude is a habit and a virtue. It's not a law that can be obeyed, right? I can't tell you all, be grateful. It doesn't work that way. It's a habit that we must cultivate. And in fact, we need to be meticulous in our prayer life of what we are thankful for, for our health, for our home, for our clothing, for transportation, for our freedom, for clean water, for beautiful music, for medicine, for schools, for our church, and for one another, and on and on and on. If we are not regularly thankful for all that we have, then we will succumb to that sin which destroys spiritual lives, but it also destroys civilizations, covetousness. Indeed, at the root of much of the anger we see today is the sin of coveting, and that because so much of what animates it is an oppressed oppressor framework or an us-versus-them mentality. Again, being grateful does not ignore the injustices of our day or any day. It shouldn't lead to smugness either, like, well, I have what I need, so I'm good, I don't have to worry about anyone else. No, actually, gratitude should lead to charity, and not only in the material realm, but in the spiritual realm as well, which, as I said, is the main thrust of this parable. It is our hope that all would call Jesus their good shepherd, even if they come late in the day. And we will not begrudge them for their past or the promise that the shepherd made with them. For this is the same promise that the owner makes to you and to me. Come and follow me and you will have eternal life. That is, of course, where our hope lies. Not in news headlines or pop stars or circumstance, but in Christ himself. So continue to do the work of the church day in and day out. But in case you never hear it or don't know it to be the case, remember that you already are the blessed labor who has shown up later in the day. And in gratitude, we give thanks for all that we have rather than grumble before God for what he has kept from us. Amen.